Super Talk Mississippi media production. Count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander, and Dalton Esquire Stanford, all from the First Bank Studios here in Hattiesburg on a beautiful, beautiful day here in South Mississippi. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Mark Means, former football player from the Big Nasty Era, will be joining us here in a little bit. Also, we're going to have a former volleyball player that uh, Kelly's going to be talking to later in the program. And uh, then we're going to just kind of talk Southern Miss sports. Opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of our show. And, of course, Southern Miss Athletics. They have delicious food. They cook it in-house every day. Here in Hattiesburg and Laurel and a town near you, they also cater all events, large or small and uh, we encourage you to sit back, relax, and let Dickies do the cooking. The next time, Kelly Santer, you have something special. Oh man! Like I said, our uh, our fa- I've mentioned this before. Our fantasy football draft, you know, it, it gets pretty pretty cutthroat with some of these guys. They want to be able to focus on you know who to take in the draft. So the last thing they want to worry about is food. Well, let Dickies worry about it. Right. That's right. what they're there for. Partly. World Series starts last night, Kelly. That's not Southern Miss related, but it is in a way in that uh, obviously Brian Dozier uh, plays for uh, the Washington Nationals. They get off to a great start. You and I were talking before we went on the air. I tell you what, I, I'm a kind of guy with Major League Baseball. There's so many games that I sort of tune in this time of the year, to be honest, and I really got interested in, in the Nationals because I'm kind of a Washington area sports fan, and of course I'm a big fan of Brian Dozier, but as I was telling you before we went on the air, it is absolutely phenomenal to watch these pitchers. At that, the Astros had a starter last night that when he threw his 100th pitch, it was 99 miles an hour. Is that Max Scherzer? Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Max Scherzer with the two different color eyes. Yeah, yeah. He's he's out of the University of Missouri and a former Detroit Tiger. And of course, uh, he was he was, had some success with the Tigers. But now, good for him that he's with a team that has a chance to win the. The World Series, and people always talk about these salaries that pitchers make, and I know we're going to talk about salaries in other sports here in a little while, but that's why your pitchers make $25 million a year and they only work once every four or five days. It all comes down to supply and demand and what the market will bear. And if you can throw you know, 100 pitches at 100 miles an hour and then throw a slider up there that disappears like a ball of ice cream when it gets to the plate, you know, and throw that at 92. Unbelievable. You know, it's I don't know how any of those guys hit hit any of that you stuff. You know, I watch a lot of college baseball, and you see phenomenal pitchers from time to time in college baseball, but, Kelly, you just never really see any kid in college with the velocity that these guys have and the movement on the ball that they have. Well, you think, too, that the guys in college are at the peak of their growing period, but they really aren't. 
You know, they're, right. they're still young men. So when you get into the major leagues, you put on another 15 or 20 pounds of muscle. You've got people who, whose full-time jobs are making sure that you're nutritionally fit, you're physically fit, mm-hmm. you know, all those sorts of – because it is big money now, right? right. You're, you're earning big money. They're spending big money. So guys do come into their own. They get even bigger and stronger. And it's, it's amazing what the human body can do. But it's also not surprising to me that we're seeing – with these pitchers throwing the ball as hard as they are, that it's not surprising mm-hmm. to me that we're seeing youngsters younger and younger having Tommy John surgery. Now you coached a lot of kids ball. You got a son that played Division One uh, baseball pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that kind of jumps out at me is that I know in college uh, these kids get up to 85, 90 pitches, sometimes 100 pitches, they're out of the game. These major leaguers, both of the starting pitchers last night were 120-plus pitches before they ever took them out. But this is also for the World Series, too, right? I so mean, they don't normally pitch them that long? No, no, okay. they don't. Because they, you know, they want to be able to preserve that arm as long as they can. But their thinking is now is, heck, we, this is over in six or seven days regardless. You right. know? We've got a whole two months <laughs> to rest <laughs> before we've talked to you about how the major league season is way too long uh, yeah. but they've got two months to rest before they have to go out there and do it again uh, it's, it's remarkable for sure great baseball game last night uh, really exciting to watch and uh, i think it's going to be a great world Series. and the nba season began last night another season that's way right. too long right but exactly. uh, was that, that was that here or in china that I'm was in sure. toronto was it in toronto the world champions are the toronto raptors i see they're truly international aren't they they are yes, they are yes uh-huh. lean red the raptors uh, beat i think was it golden state last year right. in the uh, championship series. all right let's get back to southern miss uh news comes out today in the clarion ledger uh, pointing out that the uh, college football coaching salaries, which just a personal opinion, I, I think some of them are sinful, and I'm going to explain that in just a minute. But in Conference USA, the top three paid coaches, Seth Luttrell at North Texas making $1.865 million a year. Which is nearly $2 million. Bill Clark at UAB making $1.45 million. At a school who two years ago wasn't even going to have program. football. And the Lane Train, Lane Kippen, out at Florida Atlantic, making $1.43 million a year. And Kelly Santer, who is the lowest-paid coach in Conference USA? Sad to say, but it's Jay Hobson of Southern Miss when it comes to base salary. At five hundred grand, is that right? It is. Now, in Hattiesburg, you can live pretty good on five hundred grand. i will take it. Yeah. You can live pretty good on five hundred grand. How good do you live, Kelly, on that kind of money? Well, let me just say this about that. <laughs> I, I'm a neighbor of Jay's. Jay lives right down the block. But what surprised me most about those numbers, besides just the sheer numbers themselves, was that you would think, you would think, that based on success of the program, that um, Louisiana Tech's coach, Skip Holtz, would be up there, yeah. And you'd think that, that Doc Holliday at Marshall right. would be up there based on consistency and success right. in the conference. But both of those guys are in the middle toward the bottom. Mm-hmm. Now, we know we kind of understand Skip Holtz's situation because Louisiana Tech money is just as tight as it is at Southern Miss. But still, based on their pedigrees and their resumes, you would think that Skip Holtz and Doc Holliday mm-hmm. would be toward the top of the league, but they're not. Now, let's put Conference USA in perspective here. The top paid coach in Conference USA is making $1.865 million a year. The 10th highest paid coach in Power 5 football, 
the tenth highest paid coach is Dan Mullen at Florida, six million a year. The highest paid coach, Dabo Sweeney at Clemson, nine point three million dollars a year. TV contracts. Yeah. They've got all that money in TV contracts. And if if the head coaches are making that, try this on for a second. If the head coaches are making that kind of money at Clemson and at Florida, and I dare say Alabama, the assistant coaches, the coordinators, defensive and offensive coordinators at those schools are probably making three times what right. the highest paid Conference USA right. coach makes. Here was a little surprise to me. You know, Oklahoma, I think it's fair to say, is probably one of the top three programs in the country every single year. And yet their coach, Lincoln Riley, uh, he's ninth in the country, making a paltry $6.3 million a year. Well, now how can he live on that? I don't know, but they got to do something. That's, a, that's that. embarrassing that that's somebody would have to work terrible. for that kind of money. So here's yeah. the top ten. Clemson, Dabo Sweeney, $9.3 million. Saban at Alabama, eight point eight six million. And how does to- how does Saban tolerate that? I'm, being I'm sure number he two, like it, yeah. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, seven point five million. Overpaid. Jimbo Fisher at A and M, seven point five million. Kirby Smart at Georgia, six point eight million. Gus Mazan at Auburn, six point eight million. Tom Herman at Texas, six point seven million. Jeff, I may mispronounce this, Boehm, B-O-H-M? Boehm. Boehm. At, at Purdue. Purdue, $6.6 million. Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, $6.3 million. Dan Mullen at Florida, six point, or, or $6 million a year. So you've got one, two, three, four, five of the top ten paid coaches are in the S Money C conference but the sec also has the most tv contract money coming in so they've got money to play with so collectively the top 10 paid college football coaches in america this year will make 69.3 million dollars in base salary good gig if you can get it boy you're not kidding you know and and when you look at the conference usa coaches i mean so it's uh, tiny compared to the other about a tenth about a tenth. You're right. So, so you see what you see what you're up against. Not only in salaries, but facilities and and everything else. It's it's amazing that any of these other schools can can hang. So, if you wonder why Southern Miss is not competitive any longer with Alabama, there you go. The Southern Miss coach makes five hundred grand a year. The Alabama coach eight point eight million a year. But you know, I I, I salute Jay Hobson too because he's never he's never been. And look, I know he's taken a beating with some people in the in the family, but he hasn't. It's not about money necessarily with him. This has been his dream job. This is where he wants to be, and I think there's something to be said for that. Mark Means played for an awfully good football coach himself, Jim Carmody, in his day, probably one of the top ten or fifteen coaches in the country. And we'll talk to Mark about life with Big Nasty right after this.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Thanks for tuning in around the state, wherever you may be listening. Remember, you can always hear the Eagle Hour online anywhere in the world. Just go to uh, supertalkhattiesburg.com or supertalklaurel.com. And uh, the Eagle Hour will be right there. I actually talked to a, a listener yesterday afternoon, Kelly, who he and his wife had been on a trip in Europe, and he listened to a show. Wow, that's pretty cool. That? That's pretty cool. I was actually uh, with, was taking some kids to a, a haunted house on, on Friday night. Actually, and they, I said, how was the haunted house? They said the first thing they showed us was the second half of the football game Saturday. I said, well, that, <laughs> well that's a horror show. <laughs> that was pretty, you know, the weird thing about what the guy told me, too, is that we were talking in German. I, I don't. Do you know how that works? Well, I, those Godzilla I, movies, you I know, back so. in the day. You know. So, this segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmark, CampusBookmark.net. Our buddies down on Hardy Street. Great selection of Southern Miss apparel. Twelve months out of the year, right now, I'm sure they're getting in a lot of new stuff as the holidays are just around the corner. A little over sixty days till Christmas, Kelly. And that means what? That right? Seventy that's, days to start paying you know, off the Christmas bill. Right. right. So, uh, if you're in the area, pay them a visit on Hardy Street. If you're not, just go to campusbookmartmart.net, and they'll hook you up. Mark Means was a football player for two great Southern Miss football coaches, Bobby Collins and Jim Carmody. He was on campus from 78 through 82, a wide receiver, played for great coaches, played with some great names like Reggie Collier, Sam DeJournay, Lewis Lips, Clement Terrell. We welcome Mark Means to the Eagle Hour. Mark, welcome. Well, thank you. We're glad to have you. I'll tell you what, you, you played in such a, I just think, the golden era of Southern Miss football. I think Bobby Collins is the man that put Southern Miss football on the national map, I think, and I think Jim Carmody uh, picked up the mantle and just did some wonderful things uh, here at Southern Miss. Uh, and you played with a lot of really talented guys, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. It, it was uh, it was an era that, you know, I went to homecoming this past weekend and, uh, you know, uh, you get to you get to see the players, and you know that that era was something special. Mm-hmm. You played with Lewis Lips, did you not? I did. Well, I, I, I'd like to say he played with me. <laughs> Put in perspective for people that may be listening today that are too young to know what an incredible football player Lewis Lips was. Yeah, you know I. Uh, you know, after my tenure at Southern Miss, I, I stayed on as a graduate assistant. And it uh, I, I remember thinking after I got through playing that, my God, this guy is pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, when you're competing with the guy, you know, you're trying to get playing time. But, uh, man, he, 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 was, he was something else. And obviously, you know, going to Pittsburgh and being rookie of the year. And actually, we kept in touch a little bit over the years, too. Yeah, great football player. So, Mark, when you make the transition from Bobby Collins, you guys get the word that he's going to SMU and that big nasty comes in. I've always thought, I personally have always thought that Jim Carmody got kind of a kind of a bum rap as being, um, you know, really too stern and, and overbearing kind of guy. He was never that way to me. He was very businesslike, but but I'm I'm cool with that. Uh, what was the reaction of the team, if you recall, when you heard that Collins was out and Carmody was in? Well, I mean, the initial reaction was, oh, wow. Uh, but we knew we had someone that was going to be in charge. That if you're, you know, if you're in control of the nasty bunch, you know, you got something good happening. Yeah, yeah. So, so he was stern. He was a taskmaster, but fair. Yes. Oh, no doubt about it. 
Now, you got to see the game last weekend, Mark, and, and you're still very much involved with uh, Southern Miss, even though you live in the Celestial Palace out in the middle of a lake in Dallas because you make tons of money now. Um, <laughs> but you, you got to see that game, your reaction, and the state of the program now from your point of view. The, the the past game yes last weekend yeah not not homecoming the past game where Correct. we lost uh, yeah I mean it was uh, I mean you know I I got some I got some thoughts about it um, I I think we got enough talent the you know the I forget the quarterback's name but um, you know he he's done a great job and there's just I, I think there's there's a handful of plays that can go either way during a game, and they just didn't go our way in this last game. But that's the way every game, isn't it, Mark? Oh, no doubt about it. It's, uh, you know, if you, can, if, you can, if you can control those specific number of plays, uh, if you can get positive results out of that, most of the time you're going to win the game. Now I know. Now I know that you do some, uh, you know, some speaking to to athletes around the the Dallas, you know, Fort Worth area. And as you've mentioned, you've you coached at a graduate assistant level. What what did you take most from your playing days in college, and maybe specifically Southern Miss? You know, actually, I was talking to someone during homecoming, and I said the thing I remember most about my time at Southern Miss and Coach Collins and both 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 Coach Collins and Coach Carmen did a great job of this. Everybody on the team um, was equal. It didn't matter if you were Reggie Collier or Mark Means. I mean, uh, you had a specific job to do, and they made you as important as a Reggie Collier. And I look back today, and that's what that's what kept the whole team together. When you got a you know a fantastic athlete like a Reggie Collier and Lewis Lips and Sandy Winder and all those guys. At that time, you never felt like you weren't as important as them, and I think that's that's the that's the thing I remember most about playing at Southern Miss. Here's a great illustration of what you just said, Mark. Reggie's on this show a lot, and we asked Reggie one day, "What is the hardest lick you ever took in college football?" And he instantly said, "Oh, in practice." He said there was no such thing back then as a red shirt, so or a green shirt or whatever they put quarterbacks in. Now he said, you know, it was it was open season on me and everyone else when we scrimmaged. Isn't that what you're kind of talking about? I mean, there were no prima donnas. Everybody was pretty much the same, and everybody took the same licks and uh, went through the same thing. Yeah, actually, I was talking to someone, and they were talking about in today's world. You know, you have. Uh, you know, no hit type practices. Mm-hmm. We never had that. We hit every day, <laughs> and uh, you better strap it on when you get out there uh, because it it was a war. And and then after practice, everybody got together and you know were teammates. Now, Mark means you had also had the unique perspective of having a son who was uh, very gifted in the game of football. Your son, Michael, did some great things in the state of Texas. So you not only had the perspective of a player at the collegiate level, but then a parent who was helping his son navigate his way through, you know, potentially playing at the college level. That's kind of a kind of a switch, isn't it? And how did you handle it? Yeah, it was it was kind of exciting. I had uh, both a son and a daughter. Um, my daughter, you know, my, my son was a, you know, he was a quarterback in high school, and he he did some amazing things. Um, and then my daughter also, you know, running long distance running, she, you know, she got a full scholarship at SMU, uh, which, by the way, 
uh, I'm still, you know, I still wonder why Southern Miss did not recruit her like they should have, uh, you know, being the uh, female athlete of the year. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, when you play and then when you see your kids play, you have a you have a different perspective about, about those things. And, um, you know, I wish they were, I wish they were both a graduate of Southern Miss, but it just didn't turn out that way. But but that's kind of the way it goes, though, isn't it? For whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. Uh, whether they choose it or whether you know uh, they don't choose it, uh, everybody everybody has to go their path. Is 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 what I always say. So I'm going to ask both of you guys a question in that vein because my partner here, uh, Mark Kelly's. Got an outstanding son that uh, was a fine uh, Division One college baseball pitcher. He ended up playing at Northwestern State and then finished his career at William Carey. As guys who have ties to Southern Miss, and then you have very talented athletic kids that don't get recruited to Southern Miss, how do you feel about that? Um. <laughs> you know, this is a family I, show, Mark. It's a, it's a family okay, show. Okay, okay. Yeah, I got I to keep it clean, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I tell you, I, I, I was thinking about that. I've been thinking about that for a long time. And I think that's one of the issues that needs to be addressed. It can't be addressed with Kelly's kids or my kids any longer. Uh, but I have so many examples of a, at least our error of players that I played with that have outstanding kids, uh, Rhett Whitley, uh, Mike Landrum, uh, me. I mean, you know, both my daughter and my son were D1 athletes, and they did not get recruited. Uh, I begged Southern Miss to take my daughter. Uh, she was female athlete of the year in Texas, and they didn't recruit her. And I think that's something that needs to be changed, that at least – you know, I never, you know, I, I know talking to some other players, we never asked for any special treatment. I just think that would help with the, you know, excitement, you know, going to a Southern Miss football game, baseball, whatever. Um, you know, we have a little trouble filling up the stadium. I think this would help with filling up the stadium. I think so, too, Mark. Have you got another minute or so that you can hang on with us? We're into, into a commercial break, but uh, we'll continue our discussion. Sure. All right. Mark, sure. Mark Means joins us, former Golden Eagle from uh, back during the Collins and Carmody era. And we'll talk more with Mark. And still to come, a little uh, women's volleyball as the Eagle Hour continues after this timeout. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Going to continue our conversation with Mark Means here in just a second. Quickly want to remind you, though, about 4th Street Bar and Grill. Proud supporters and sponsors of the Eagle Hour. A great place to have lunch. One of mine, Kelly's favorite places. And trust me, Kelly and I know about eating. 
There are very few things that we do very well. But that's one of them. Indeed. We're pretty much world class. Yeah, English, if there was an Olympic say. sport in it, we'd be repeated gold medalists. Lunch five days a week, great meals at night, uh, lots of entertainment, uh, pool tables, dart boards, great memorabilia, and really, really nice people at 4th Street Bar and Grill. We're talking to Mark Means, and Mark, we interrupted you with the commercial, but you told me something during the break that actually was pretty stunning to me. We were talking about your daughter. You said she still holds the Texas state record for the two-mile. And tell our listeners how many Division One schools recruited this young woman. Samantha. Samantha. Yes, yeah, Samantha. She had a she had 62 Division One offers. Matter of fact, Florida State called her on the phone, said they would give her a full scholarship on the phone. Um, and I couldn't get Southern Miss to call them. Wow. And your son, you told us, played – Football at Texas Tech and Texas A and M. That's that's right. Yes, and, that's and, correct. So, so Florida State is calling uh, Camaro Z twenty eights full scholarships now. Is that what they're calling? <laughs> 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 but Mark, I know yeah. I know that you're still very active as as a Golden Eagle and following the Golden Eagle f- football program. A lot of people now beginning to jump ship just because of one loss. Uh, against Louisiana Tech, and I've said, look, let's wait till the whole body of work is in here. Just what's on your mind as far as this particular edition of the Golden Eagle squad and the rest of the season? What do you think? Well, I, I think they have a chance to to win out. I mean, I, I, they should have won the last game, and they had a fourteen nothing lead. Um, you know, like like we said earlier, there's there's you know there's things that happen either way. You take a chance. It's it's like before the, the 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 end of the first half. You know, we have a ten point lead. Well, one timeout by us gives La Tech an opportunity to score before the end of halftime, and I'm sure the coach will look back on that and say, mm, maybe we shouldn't have called a timeout then uh, and just let the thing run out and go in with a ten point lead. But of course, you know, when you're a coach, you want to try to get the most out of everything. Uh, so you can understand his decision, but you know there's 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 decision he you know certain decisions during the game that could have could have been a benefit or a disaster, and sometimes you get that disaster. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not panicking at all yet about this season. No, no, not at all. I mean, I'm I mean, I guess we have to get seven victories because we had six last year and we didn't go to a bowl game. So I guess we need at least seven to go to a bowl game, and I want a bowl game back in Dallas so I can go to it. Yeah, there you go. Because heaven knows he couldn't afford to go anywhere other than Dallas. <laughs> well, let me remind well, you. I don't want to go to the Bahamas, okay? Right. Okay. And the last time Southern Miss had the opportunity to play in Dallas and turned it down, it turned out to be a big mistake uh, for the athletic director, you may recall that. They went, oh, yeah. wound up yeah. going to Hawaii. Correct. Right. Hawaii on Christmas Eve night. And, and you hear, Mark, all this. Uh, so, I mean... I, so you're optimistic about uh, about the direction the Eagles are going at this point. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that what I'm hearing? Exactly. I think I think they got you know the offense has performed well, the defense has performed well, and and the kicking team. I mean, you run back the opening kickoff, uh, and it wasn't even uh, what's his name, Jalen uh, Jalen Adams. Uh, Adams, yeah. I mean, it wasn't even him. It was well. Coincidentally, it was number 18, which was my number, so uh, I thought that was pretty cool. 
Hey, before we let you go, Mark, I, I want to take you back to the era that you played it. Kelly makes fun of me because I'm always talking about the past of Southern Miss football, but I had the privilege of, of being in Hattiesburg and being in the TV business during the era that you played, so I had a really close look at the football program. And I think back to the days of Eagle Fever and the We Believe logo and uh, and the incredible, incredible excitement that took place in South Mississippi around you guys. I'm sure those must be good memories for you as well. Oh, no doubt about it. I, I Obviously, I remember the, you know, coming back on the bus after we beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was unreal. Man, Hall, oh, you could not move. We could not move when we got off the bus. There were so many people outside of Van Hall. And, you know, I just, I, I look at everything, and I believe that there's got to be a way to create excitement around the program and fill the stadium up. And I think Kelly and I talked about this a week ago when, when, when we were talking. And I just think that whatever it takes to fill up the stadium, that's what needs to happen because the players feed off of that. Um, the community feeds off of that, and uh, if you can fill up a stadium, something good is going to happen. I'm glad you remember that Alabama win, Mark, because I was around, but oddly, I don't remember a lot of anything that happened after that game. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. You're college, right? yeah. 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 yeah, you're probably at the frat house. <laughs> right, what is it, one one keg a day? No, That's the fraternity. No, no, my honorary fraternity, tap a keg a day. Tap a keg a day, yeah, right. A keg. <laughs> right, right. Hey, all, I, all I'm saying is, don't be a prairie chicken, right? That's right. Be right. a golden eagle and fly high, babe. No, your your point is well taken, and I think uh, you know I think you can you can really use baseball as an example. There are a lot of local kids, and you see you see a lot of people at baseball games wearing Summerall hats and Oak Grove hats, and uh, you know they're they're there in part because those kids from the local schools are there playing baseball, right? Oh, no doubt about no doubt about it. I think that generational uh, participation is what Southern Miss needs because you look at other schools and you got a lot of that going on. I mean, look at Texas, the quarterback there. I mean, they got rid of a guy that was, you know, a five-star recruit who coincidentally is at SMU now, uh, and you know, obviously put him in a in you know put him at quarterback in front of a guy that won a lot of games for Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I just think that's there's something to that because people will drive, like me, I'll drive 520 miles to go to every Southern Miss home game. Mm-hmm. And well, if you have kids playing, you will definitely do that. No question. All right, one last question for me. I'm going to let you fill in the blanks. The best college football team in Texas is? Ooh, Texas. Texas, the Longhorns. Not the Bears? Yeah. Of Baylor? Oh, oh, pro. Oh, pro. Uh, oh, no, 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 college, college. Oh, college, yeah, yeah, Texas. 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 So they're better than Baylor? You know, I should say A&M, but I can't. I mean, my son graduated there, but I still, I still, I still think Texas is. Yeah, well, you, you guys at Texas A&M are paying for a state coach, but so far you're getting hot dogs and uh, hamburgers, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Anytime you get something from Florida State, you you take your chance. Right. And the best pro football team in Texas is? 
The University of Texas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the, the, the Texans I'm, or the I'm, Cowboys? I'm on pro sports. Yeah, yeah. I would say the Texans. Yeah, or, well, it'd be, yeah. it'd be close. I, would, be, I think you would have to say the Even though, Texans. of course, we root for Dak Prescott, even though we went right. to Mississippi exactly. State. Yeah, I like Dak. Yeah. yeah. I like Dak. Hard I'll, not I'll, to. I'll root, I'll root for Dallas just because Dak. Yeah, I, I can't disagree we, with we, that. We root for Mississippi schools here. I'll put it that way. Good right. for you. Well, Mark Means, thank, thank you, you for – yeah, thanks for joining us. Mark was in the Southern Miss Golden Eagle uniform for four years under Bobby Collins and Jim Carmody, and remarkably, that was just his freshman year. Yeah. <laughs> After well, apparently it turned out pretty well. Yeah, it, it did. Yeah. We, hey, when you walk on, you you know you got to just uh, go through the process. Right. Hey, tell your wife Anna that we love her and we're praying for her being married to you. Thanks for your time as always, Mark. And <laughs> Thanks, uh, Mark. Southern Miss. All right, through the top. There buddy. you go. All right, Mark buddy. means everybody out in Dallas, Texas. Uh, about a minute left in this segment. We'll remind everybody that we're just around the corner uh, from Trick or Treat, not at the Pete. Not down the street, but with Southern Miss. <laughs> the trick-or-treat festivities will take place, Kelly Sander, at the softball complex on October 30th from 6 to 7.45. I've had a lot of people say something to me about us trying to squeeze out of Coach Barry what he was going to be, and he just said leaning to the left or something that – Don't s- lean too much or something like that. Still no word. Still no word from Pete Taylor Park about what Coach Barry said. Don't, do. don't lean too far or something like that. Yeah, that's like right. That. He wasn't, he's not letting go. Well, and I guessed Humpty Dumpty because Humpty he Dumpty – told you no. Because if he leaned too far forward, Humpty Dumpty and had a great te- fall. What did he tell you? He said, no, it was not Humpty Dumpty. Right. So, uh, but that was my line of thinking, but that's, that's not it. So, so – Here's how you can find out. You can be at the softball complex on October 30th at 6 p.m. I plan to be there because I want to see if he can top the forever historical costume of Mr. Clean. I will be directing traffic in the parking lot at 4th Street Bar and Grill. (laughs) There you go. All right. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk a little women's softballs, uh, volleyball. We're going to talk women's volleyball. Stay with us. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Gulfport Home Center on Highway 49 North in Gulfport, not far at all from Harrison Central High School, if you're familiar with uh, that way down there. Gulfport Home Center, the largest selection of pre-manufactured homes, big and small, whether you need that uh, deer camp as we head into the the cooler months. They can even help you with uh, property to place your pre-manufactured home on. You can find them on the web or visit them on Highway 49 North Gulfport Home Center. Proud to be supporters of the Eagle Hour, and we're glad to tell everybody about them. Joining us on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline now from Lawrence, Kansas, where they say rock chalk Jayhawk, 
is Alex Pfefferly Wilson. She doesn't use Pfefferly anymore. She got married. And uh, Alex Wilson now, but she was Alex Pfefferly when she was a Lady Eagle volleyball player from 2011 to 2014 out of Mont- Mount Carmel High School in New Orleans, Louisiana. And now she's a physical terror or therapist. <laughs> <laughs> physical therapist. therapist but anybody that's gone through physical therapist, therapy yeah. would yeah. certainly understand why we call them physical terrorists it's sometimes uh, hard to handle alex glad to have you on the show you doing good doing well thanks for having me man the jayhawks won a couple football games this year they got to be excited up your way and they have they're shaping up gearing up for for a homecoming game this so you've heard about the, the beautiful new uh, volleyball complex that Southern Miss is about to open, and I know you're saying, yeah, just as soon as you leave, they, <laughs> they get this place, right? Right. I'm excited. I've driven past some of the construction in the last uh, couple of months, but I haven't gotten to see it live in action. So how did you wind up at Southern Miss from, uh, from Nolens? I went to a couple different camps just kind of part of my normal volleyball routine over the summer. Um, and I guess I caught someone's eye at Southern Miss, and then kind of the rest is history. So we started the recruiting process and spent my great college career playing for the Eagles. Now, now, did you, growing up, did you do the soccer thing, softball, dancing, or any of that kind of stuff? What about your, your background prior to getting started in volleyball, and when did that start? You know, I grew up as a gymnast, so from mm. when I was probably about two years old to when I was nine or ten, I was a competitive gymnast, and then after that, volleyball has been a big part of my family um, before me. My parents actually met on the volleyball court in nursing school, and so it was kind of a natural transition once I kind of stopped doing gymnastics, got into volleyball, um, started playing more competitively, and took it from there. So I really didn't play too many other sports throughout elementary and high school. I kind of focused on volleyball, but that's where my true passion was. Now you left about uh, from the competitive scene about five years ago. Was, Was the beach volleyball just getting kind of started then? You know, it's really expanded in the last, I would say, five to seven years. It's become much more mainstream of a sport. Um, so at the time, I had a good friend was uh, training to try out for the first LSU beach volleyball team. So it kind of evolved as I was playing indoor. Um, I kind of already had a path that I wanted to go to physical therapy school, and I knew that that was in my future. So really, it it wasn't competitively um, a thought to me, you know, and Three years after that, I'm like, oh, you know, that would have been logical uh, <laughs> to try to continue to play beach. But I still play recreationally, um, and when I can get out there, I do. It's a little different decks um, in Kansas, but we do have some sand courts up here. Well, speaking of uh, transitioning, it went from athletic training into physical therapy. That's a natural mm-hmm. uh, progression, yes? Sure. So you're still getting yeah. to, still getting to play uh, recreationally. You said, but one one match, Bob. She posted seven. She had seven matches with double digit digs. So, and I know you're into alliteration, so double right, digit digs. Right, right. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you know? Well, Alex, unfortunately, they could use you right now, dear. It's been kind of a been kind of a dreary season. Uh, you know, yeah, I've I've followed, and unfortunately, I can say that I have been part of tough seasons. You know with volleyball and then as an athletic training student with the football program. But in the same hand, I've seen the programs turn around. So right. they got to keep their nose to the grind and, and continue to 
to work to get better. You know, I have full faith that, that they will find their way out. They just got to know it's all happening for a reason. And Alex, know, and, and Alex Fefferly Wilson is seeing that now, too, Bob, because Kansas and football the past two years has stunk to high heaven. But Les Miles basketball. Yeah. Les Miles is getting it turned around, though, up there. Hey, Alex, real That's quickly, right. uh, the new facility. That should help the volleyball program. When when you were being recruited and, and thinking about where you wanted to go, how much how much would that have how much would that have swayed your opinion to go play in a new, really nice facility like that? You know, new facilities are a great attraction, I will say that. Um, but truly the availability to be able to adapt schedules for the athletes so that mm-hmm. they don't have to work around other sports, that's a big attraction to me. Hmm. Obviously, new facilities are always bright and shiny, and and they're wonderful. But you know, if this facility is primarily used for volleyball, that gives the coaching staff and the whole department more ability to cater for the athletes, so that they can go to the classes that they want to. They can be involved on campus, and they can play, you know, their sport. Hmm. Um, so, to me, that's kind of one of the biggest. You know, opportunities for the current athletes and the future athletes to come in for the program. Well, back then she was Alex Fefferly. Now she's Alex Wilson joining us on the Super Talk Mississippi Hotline, former volleyball standout from 2011 to 2014. Alex, thanks. Continued success. Thank you so much. Bye now. Thank you, Alex. That wraps up the show for today, everybody. Kelly and I'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. More great guests and uh, more good Southern Miss athletic conversation. Until then, everybody, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.